Good morning. I am Todd Brinker, and this is Back from the Brink. Aaron, how are you? I'm good. I'm joining a little early today. Yeah, we're uh, we're uh, not doing the radio show today, so we're going straight into the podcast. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's a happy Friday, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, you know. The COVID bug has bitten, and so they're sanitizing and cleaning, and we'll be back on the air on Monday. Um, so Yes, we all got a text last night saying, we're going to be, you know, we had a scare, and so yeah. we're going to sanitize everything down, don't come to work. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, at this point, we don't know that anybody was infected, but, you know, better safe than sorry, right? Exactly, uh, exactly. They're just so, being responsible. And so uh, we uh, will, as I've said, you know, we, we will endeavor to persevere. So, uh, that was a line from a Clint Eastwood movie, um, the outlaw Josie Wales. There was a, uh, and I don't remember the name of the actor, a native American actor, but there was a, um, an old Indian and he tells the story about when he and several other chiefs went to go meet the president and, uh, and the president told them that they should endeavor to persevere. And so, uh, uh, I don't know why that sticks in my head, but, uh, endeavor to <laughs> persevere. Outlaw no. Josie Wales. Now that that is like I I I vaguely remember that movie being in mm-hmm. theaters, um, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it was in 1976, and you know it was sort of a revisionist history, but it was um, uh, set uh, just after the American Civil War, and uh, Chief Dan George was the actor um, who played the uh, the 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 character that I'm uh, referencing here. And this is, uh, during the time that Sandra Locke was with, um, um, uh, Clint Eastwood. Eastwood, And so she's in it. I think they may have actually met on this set. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was adapted from a book and it's basically, um, Josie Wales is a former Confederate, uh, um, guy. And, uh, and the Union Army is going around cleaning up war criminals and stuff, and and uh, and there's a bounty on his head, and so he's you know traveling the lonely silent man traveling across the the West, right? And uh, he takes up with this crazy woman and uh, and this old Indian, and you know I don't know it's a cowboy story. It's it's. So um, I'm guessing I must have seen I must have seen reruns on um, like daytime television or something because I was mm-hmm. six years old when that movie came out and yeah. I doubt that I would remember a movie like that as, yeah. as a six year old. Yeah, I'm, I doubt that your parents would have taken you to a movie like that when you were six. It would have been a waste of a ticket because you would have got you know you wouldn't have uh, got what was going on. But uh, um, you know. I'm sure you've seen it on TV, you know, or bits of it on TV. Probably I haven't sat, sat and watched the whole thing, but I would recommend it if you're if you if you're feeling like a western. This is quite a good western. Um, this is a you know um, sort of the uh, you know in his early career, Clint Eastwood did that the, that series of Italian spaghetti westerns, um, A Man with No Name, right? You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and 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 such and this is sort of in that vein it sort of takes that character and tells you what happened to him you know um uh as he got older uh, and then he does um later on Clint Eastwood does um 
uh, Pale Rider, which is sort of along those same lines. Another one, uh, you know, sort of even further down the line, what happens to that guy as he gets even older. Uh, so it's kind of interesting because without saying it, he kind of took the same character and you got to see him across his his life, you know, in a series of movies that were um, that were interesting. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find the name of the the last one that he did that was also um, along those lines. There was one that he did with, um, um, uh, shoot, uh, and of course, you know, he's got so many dang movies that you have to go to a whole other page to get Clint Eastwood's filmography because he's made a bajillion movies over the years. He has. Um, yeah. And, and and he's quite, you know, he, it's for, for a guy who started out, uh, The Unforgiven is the one, the last one that I was thinking of. And that one, um, uh, he was in it with uh, Gene Hackman. And Gene Hackman plays sort of the bad guy. And Morgan Freeman um, plays like his, his buddy who used to ride with him when he was a, an evil and wicked man. And, you know, he's tried to go straight. And he's, he, you know, found a good woman and has a couple kids. And she passed away. And. I don't he goes know. Back to his wicked goes ways. back, yes, goes back to his <laughs> wicked ways, his, his evil drinking and 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 uh, and uh, hollering, I guess. So uh, uh, he was nominated for best uh, Academy, uh, best actor Academy Award in that one. Got beat by Al Pacino going hua in uh, Scent of a Woman. <laughs> Scent of a Woman. Yeah, I thought that was one of Al Pacino's worst movies, and yet he got an Academy Award for it. I think they gave it to him because. It was because they had, yeah, exactly. I think that, because that, that to me was just a, I didn't care for that movie at all. Um, but uh, uh, this movie was quite good and, and adds a lot of depth to the sort of the cowboy story, you know. Um, so, yeah, I one time a while back sat down and did sort of like a, a uh, Clint Eastwood-a-thon and over the course of a couple days kind of watched a couple of the early ones. And then kind of worked my way through his later westerns that he was involved with the production and directing on, just to kind of watch the progression of, like I said, this sort of character that he he developed. And they're all sort of the same character, just sort of at different stages of his life. And it was actually really uh, interesting. Um, actually, The Unforgiven is one that's been added to the National Film Registry and the Library of Congress uh, as a culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant movie. Seriously. So yeah, and he dedicated the film to his mentors, uh, Sergio Leone and Don Siegel, um, who who did those early westerns. And so yeah, it's um, Unforgiven is very good, as is the Outlaw Josie Wales. Um, uh, it's actually one of my favorite uh, of the genres. Outlaw Josie Wales probably is my favorite. So um, speaking of, well, I, I was going to say Hollywood type. She's not really a Hollywood type, but she's somebody who got some notoriety on Netflix. Um, there's, there was an accident at Carol Baskin's uh, uh, Big Cat Rescue, Uh-oh. and um, they are they have they're they're staffed pretty much 100 percent by volunteers. Right. And they have a pretty pretty strong training program. It takes years to actually. She's got free employees, cats. is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, one of her, her free employees uh, made a split second really bad decision, and a tiger oh, no. nearly ripped off her arm. Oh no. And um, she noticed that the uh, that the tiger, she went to feed the tiger, and mm-hmm. uh, she noticed that the, the that the tiger wasn't coming into the feeding area because they have a little enclosed area where the tigers right. just feed. Um, all the cats do um, uh, to make it easy to to clean up for the staff because they can lock the tigers out. Mm-hmm. Well, she realized that the tiger couldn't get in, so she reached in to just unclip it, 
and that's when the tiger struck. She should have uh, asked for help. You know, there's a process, and she wasn't even thinking. She says that she wasn't even thinking. Yeah, that's the thing. The tiger cage, and um, it grabbed her arm and nearly tore it off at the shoulder. So um, they used a belt as a tourniquet on the scene and packed her arm in ice packs to try to save it before um, before the ambulance arrived. The Krauser's arm was found to be broken in three places. Mm-hmm. And she uh, was protective of the tiger, realizing she said, you know, I, she didn't want Kimba's the tiger's name. She didn't want any uh, anything bad to happen to Kimba. And... Um, Kimba's now been placed in quarantine for 30 days. Yeah. And, um, Kimba did what you know, tigers do. Yeah, Kimba was a tiger. And yeah. so, um, anyway, that, uh, uh, you know, my, my heart goes out to her. She was a, she is a, I think she's in her 60s, mm-hmm. a 69-year-old uh, volunteer who's yeah, been there for 70. five years. Yeah, so, so she knew better. She just made a bad choice in that moment. And it's, you know, you see the latch and you go, oh, just flip the latch open. And you don't think about the fact that, you know, sticking it through the gate, you're dangling your arm, which is essentially a chunk of meat in front of a big cat. And it's something that's moving. In front moving. of a hungry big cat. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's something that's moving. Cats tend to focus and, and on motion and, 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 and want to pounce, regardless of which size they are. Yes. Um, anybody who owns cats you know, or has cats in their house in their life knows how cats behave. Big cats behave the same way. They're just a lot bigger. Yes. Uh, they can be dangerous and they move. They've got, they're lightning quick. I mean, you know, they you're are, not going to, you're not going to out reach or grab or snap or anything. A cat. No. And, I feel, and so I, I just, you know, you're this, it's the, it's, yeah, you it feel bad. demonstrates the inherent danger in dealing with, mm-hmm. Um, large animals that have minds of their own, and um, yeah, you know they're going to well, they're going to do what large animals do. And in that, in in all that ridiculousness that was the the Tiger King, um, there was that one employee, the woman who who did lose part of her arm or lost her arm to a tiger um, there, and yeah, she did. And and her reaction was exactly the same. Don't blame the tiger. This was me. I made a mistake. And. Yes. And, you know, re- regardless of what you thought, it were, what anybody thought of, Tiger King was a loon. But, um, but people working around big cats like that know there's an inherent risk. And they also know that, you know, if all it takes is you to do one thing wrong without thinking, you know, just that, that split yep. second. And, and it can be, you know, body parts and it can be your life because these are big cats and they are hunters. So, um, yeah, my heart goes out to her. So, good news, um, still Tiger-related, but not uh, related to this incident. Um, apparently, on Thursday, the House passed the Big Cat Public Safety Act. And that was the, the act that, uh, that Carol Baskin was pushing for, that, that mm-hmm. would ban the private ownership of, um, uh, pr- private big cat ownership and the handling of young cubs. So, uh, good for her. Mm-hmm. Good, good for her for for bringing that um, Carol Baskin for bringing for working so hard and so long on bringing that uh, to the to the floor for a vote in the House. Now, of course, it's got to go to the Senate and it's got to be uh, signed by the president. But there's really no reason why anybody should own a tiger. Right. No reason. No reason why anybody should own a lion. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, yeah. you know, the, the, these these are wild animals, and you know, and and there's some people like again going back to the Tiger King. You know, they were he was breeding them so that he could then take the cubs out and and basically charge people to come in and pet them and play with the cubs. 
But once yes. they got big and, and unsafe, then he was killing them. And, yes, he was. And, you know, that, I mean, why are you breeding an animal then to just kill it and bury it out back? That's just, just, that's just horrible. That's just Especially absolutely horrible. Especially an animal that's endangered. But, yes, exactly. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. Well, any animal. I mean, you know, even in a puppy farm, you know. I mean, I imagine there are puppy farms True. out there that breed animals, and if they don't come out perfect, you know, little animals that they can... Um, that they can uh, sell for money, you know, or if they can't breed them because the dog accidentally, you know, bred with some other dog that they weren't supposed, they, they didn't, you didn't think they were supposed to, um, that, uh, you know, those puppies are of no value to you. And there's probably people doing the same thing with puppies. And it's just, it's, it's horrific, you know. I mean, there's so many animals out there that, that could use a good home and, and there's just no reason for, for, um, for creating animals that that don't have homes, that don't have a place to live, and I'm not saying I'm against, uh, I'm I, you know I'm not against people breeding um, purebred animals for show and stuff, because those animals, for the most part, end up in in homes where they're loved and cared for. Um, yes. You know, but uh, but there's also those that do it very um, uh, with nefarious intent. You know, it's just to make a buck, and they don't care about the animals, and I think that's awful. Yep. Um, but certainly the big animals, there's no reason on earth for anybody to own a tiger or a lion. It, they're not safe, as we just demonstrated. You know, obviously, you know, people have lost limbs in life dealing, you know, trying to even just deal with them. And, uh, uh, you know, even if you're very wealthy, you probably don't have the appropriate um, uh, in- enclosures for them to to have a, you know, reasonably decent life as an animal. So... You know, if you're going to breed them, breed them so that they can be put back into the wild. Yeah, or here's the thought. Why don't you go volunteer at the zoo? Yeah. Yeah, then somewhere. You, can, you know, do your job volunteering and then go visit the big cats in their enclosures. Like, go, mm-hmm. go watch them. Like, paying Yeah, if you want to be around them, exactly. Exactly. You know. You know? And, I, and then they're being cared for by people who have studied these animals and know what they need to be uh, healthy and, and well. Exactly. Exactly. I actually, you know, um, I miss because usually we go to the zoo at least once a year, at least once right. a year, but often it's more than that. I really miss the San Diego Zoo. I do, too. I love the San Diego Zoo. Um, have you ever been to the L.A. Zoo? When I was a kid. It I've was, never even been there. Much, much, much smaller. Yeah. The San Diego Zoo is ginormous. I mean, it's it's international in terms of its if, if it's renown in terms of the the size of the zoo and the the animal population and in fact they they then built the um what used to be called the wild animal park and now it's like the safari something or another safari encounter or something like that but anyway it's basically an outdoor um you know the people are the ones that are caged up more and the animals are more free roaming um there and uh and I understand that they actually um, kind of rotate the animals at times as long as they're animals that can get along with each other. They'll move them around so that, you know, they get some time in the zoo and they get some time out in the safari park where they get a little bit more room to, to roam around. So, um, but yeah, they have a wonderful facilities and I miss it too. In fact, you know, you, you and you and, uh, and your husband, my brother and my wife, we've, we've had uh, passes and gone down together. It's, it's a, it's a great day trip if you live up in the you know inland empire to go down to the san diego zoo and i know for a while because they were outdoors that they were open with just limited number of people inside i mean they wouldn't allow you know full capacity so that you weren't shoulder to shoulder maybe they shut down the uh the reptile 
den so because that was a very enclosed space but um I don't know if they are now. I haven't checked them in a while. Okay, so I'm I'm opening their website as we yeah. speak. I do love their webcams. Remember at the uh, beginning of of the COVID thing, I would uh uh we, I would give out the um the URLs to go watch. You can go to the San Diego Zoo website and look at their um their critter cams and see a bunch of different animals. Um they've got uh probably I don't know, maybe a dozen of them in different enclosures. So you can just see what they're doing right now, right this minute. That's cool. Okay, so this is on their website. We're open as outdoor destinations. The San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park remain open. And reservations are required. And mm-hmm. you'll have to undergo a, uh, a health screening. So I'm sure they'll check your temperature and, and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And there's there's COVID information they want you to read, um, but they've they're they're doing um, starting on the fourth, which I think is today. It is today. They're doing their jungle bells. Jungle bells, jungle bells. There's critters exactly. crawling along the ground. Exactly. So and and there's a link right there. You can go to animals and then their uh, their live cams, and you can see hippos and platypus and baboons and polar bears and penguins and. Uh, they have a, a large ape encounter. They have a tiger cam, elephant cam, giraffe cam. They even have pre-recorded uh, images of the pandas that are no longer there because China asked for their pandas back. Um, uh, but they've got live cam of the burrowing owls and the koalas and the condors as well. So there's lots of, you know, you want to see an animal and you can't get out and you just need something to kind of chillax for the day. Uh, some of these are a lot of fun. The ape cam um, is uh, usually fairly active as the sun comes up, so uh, it doesn't look like anybody's out right now. I'm just looking at it. So, uh, but yeah, some you know when we're on the air in the mornings is not a bad time because they're sort of waking up and uh, and looking around for food and you know. Yeah, that's very cool. So yeah, I I, yeah. Uh, I love the zoo. I just love the zoo. Um, and as far as the pandas are concerned, I thought the pandas were really boring. So you wait in line uh-huh. forever to see yeah. these giant creatures lay around and eat. Yeah, they, they, they're not, they weren't terribly active. Um, I think that they're more um, like nocturnal or twilight animals, so the best time to see them is, is like evenings. Um, and, uh, but most of the day they didn't do a whole lot. And, uh, you know, and they're just kind of big teddy bear type things. But because they're cute, there was always huge lines to go see them. Um, you know, I think we were down there like the month before they were sent back. I remember, um, uh, seeing them and it was like, I've got some pictures and they're like, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah There's lots of other I animals like, that are cool. Unsurprisingly, I like the big cats, but I also like the mm-hmm. primates and I like the otters and, mm-hmm. um, I love the Africa, the giraffe, the Africa, um, uh, enclosures, mm-hmm. uh, giraffes and elephants and the various antelope and water buffalo and all the other heffalumps kinds and of woozles i'm sorry the heffalumps and the woozles oh there we go exactly. got some elephants moving around hey. so there's a mom and a baby out uh uh kind of getting their morning stretch on and and maybe grabbing a little bit to eat that's cool and i like the penguins i do too the penguins are cool and um they they've got a cam for it the burrowing owls are surprisingly interesting <laughs> when they're moving there's also times when they just are standing there and they're looking at you like why are you looking at me <laughs> <You know? laughs> and right now since we're, we're plugging the san diego zoo and no they are not sponsors um they give a gift of membership and save 15 bucks 
So if you're going to give uh, for Christmas a membership to the zoo, um, they uh, you you can get it right now, uh, and it, it'll save fifteen bucks on the cost. Mm-hmm. Oh, the elephants! They are moving. Yeah, yeah. There's some elephants out, which is kind of cool because you look at most of the other enclosures, and they're all just like not there. They're they're still bedded down for the night. Um, it's probably kind of chilly out, you know. You know these cold mornings, especially these uh, uh, um, some of the the primates. You know they're uh, they're like we are. they're like us. <laughs> they're like it's a little cold. I think I'll just stay in bed a little longer this morning. <laughs> they don't have to get up to do a podcast or a radio show, so they just <laughs> like all right, cool. I'm gonna they chillax. Uh, so and 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 there's a, there's a, I have to plug a local Inland Empire Zoo as well, and that's the Living Desert. They also have memberships. They also do conservation. They also um, have uh, really interesting animals, and it's very different from the San Diego Zoo. It's smaller, but it's very well done. And they've got cheetahs and giraffes and mm-hmm. all kinds of uh, like antelope type creatures. And um, you know they tell the stories of the continents that are where the animals come from and what the animals are, you know, about the animals and you can feed a giraffe while you're there, which is kind of cool. They have black so, tongues. They do, and they're yeah. like long and yeah. yeah. Well, they got long necks. They got to have long tongues, you know. <laughs> That's long, true. Long noses. Their heads are big. They're, they're big animals. They are really big they animals. They are big animals. They are. And, yeah. You know. So uh, you know. You know the orange. Local zoos. I was going to say the Orange County Zoo is just in Irvine Regional Park, right off of uh, of Jamboree and. Um, Santiago Canyon Road, right behind San Diego Canyon College in Orange County. So it's it's right near the uh, right off the 241, uh, near uh, near Corona. I'm I'm probably three miles from that zoo, and drove past it literally every day to go coach in a pool out there. And um, uh, I never stopped into the zoo. Um, I could hear the animals every once in a while. You hear a, a cat give a wow, big cat, you know. Uh, give a growl or something but uh yeah there's there's lots of zoos around and um yeah support your local zoos and it's an outdoor activity so a lot of them are still going to be open so there's something you can do if you're tired of sitting around the house right go walk around the zoo go walk around and get some exercise and enjoy the animals and and doing so supports a really good cause yeah we should check and see if if we can get a uh um a reservation to go to the zoo this weekend. Maybe the four of us can go down to the zoo. That would be fun. That would be really, really fun. That would be really fun. I would love that. Mm-hmm. So they have oh. koala. I'm looking at a koala camp. And of course, they're all snoodled up in their trees. And yeah. you can see their backs. I got to tell you, talk about kind of a disappointment. Koalas are kind of a disappointment at the zoo because that's all they do. Is they just dumb, Todd. They just kind of I mean, hug like, their tree. And every once in a while, they slowly reach over, grab a leaf, and eat it. And then they kind of hug their tree. And, and yes. the difference between an awake koala and a, and a sleep koala is their eyes are open or closed. Other than that, yes. they, don't, they don't move much. They seldom leave their tree. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, and they're slow. I mean, they're yeah. really slow. Yeah. So, and, they're kind and they're of sloth-like. The sharpest, they're not the sharpest. Exactly. They're not the sharpest yeah. animal. They're just not. There was a, you know, um, there was a story in like the, the news case. yesterday. Uh, a lady in Australia and her daughter went to the grocery store and they came back and realized it's summer in Australia right now. So it's warm. Um, and they had left a window open. They came home. And even though it is summer and it's warm, it is Christmas time. They have a Christmas tree. There was a koala that came into their house and crawled up their Christmas tree. And they saw it hanging on their tree like an elf. And they went, you know, they thought it was a joke at first that somebody had put a stuffed koala. And they got a little closer and they saw it move. And it's like, nope, that's a live koala. 
And That's so hilarious. apparently there's a number uh, you can call in Australia, 1300 Koala, and the, then um, uh, the appropriate people will come out and, and remove the koala for you. And they took the koala out and set it down in the front yard, and it climbed up a, uh, a eucalyptus tree there, which is what they eat, eucalyptus. And she said, you know, even a couple of days later, the koala was still up there in that tree in their front yard. Uh, she says, well, that's better than the Christmas tree in the house. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. Oh Apparently it, it, it happens, but it happens rarely. But the koalas will go exploring on occasion. Wow. Wow. All right. So on to, on to enough of the – I wonder what our, what our listeners think as we go off on tangents and talk about random things like this. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. It makes you feel hey. like you're part of a conversation as opposed to a, you know, programmed list of things to discuss, right? Exactly, exactly. It's and that, inclusive. And that's, that's really the, what we're going for here. That's the, the natural flow of a conversation. You end up talking about, you know, left-handed, uh, you know, uh, giraffe, I don't know, left-handed giraffes. And people go like, huh? What? How'd you get on that? <laughs> you know, because right. they have black tongues. They have black tongues. Don't you get it? So um, apparently Pfizer has cut expectations in half. And I think we started talking about this yesterday. Um, The uh, company says supply chain issues will reduce coronavirus, uh, will reduce coronavirus vaccine doses shipped this year to just 50 million. So, you know, know, there's 350 million people uh, Uh, in, uh, in the United States. And so... I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's only because ha- they have to create, they have to have the the materials to create the product, mm-hmm. and the whole world is going to want these materials at the yep. same time. Yep. And Called so it. <laughs> it's just supply and demand, folks. Yep. Yep. Not at all surprised. Not at all surprised. Um, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, those of us who said, hey, there's a, uh, or th- those of you, I'm not going to say us because it wasn't me. I, I was pretty pessimistic from the get-go, who said, there's going to be a solution and we'll all be able to get our vaccinations and everything's going to be great. Ah, right. Um, and the thing is, is it's not just theirs either because the other companies need the same basic raw materials. Um, and the one that's coming out from Moderna actually sounds like the more interesting of the two because you don't have to have it packed on ice to ship it. Um, there was a, a thing about there's also going to be a run on dry ice manufacturing because oh. um, because the the um, what's the name of the company the the ones that starts with a P um, Pfizer Pfizer thank you yeah it starts with a P but it's Pfizer um, well it's German yeah theirs has to be uh, refrigerated and so it has to be packed on ice uh, to be shipped and so any kind of shipping that's not in a refrigerated car will then have to be packed on ice and they use dry ice and sort so as not to not make a mess um uh, whereas the moderna one can be stored at room temperature so um uh, that to me was a, a positive but um but it doesn't matter which one you get is if if neither of them are available because you know they need sugar cubes and we're out of sugar cubes or you know imagine that in order to make the the vaccine they needed toilet paper god help us um, you know, it's true. <laughs> you know, it's so, um, you know, but you early on said you know there's going to be issues with raw materials, and I was fairly cynical about the whole thing, saying yeah, you know, it's going to be sometime the middle or end of next year before most of us will have access to this stuff, and um, 
yeah, that seems like it's going to be that way. <laughs> so, Yay. Um, in movie news, um, uh, Warner Brothers has said that they're going to release movies uh, direct to theaters and to HBO Max at the same time. Oh, I saw and that AMC yesterday. Is apparently really unhappy about that for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. Yeah. You know, cause... But you can't blame the movie theaters. It's like we've got all these movies in the can that we wanted to release in 2020, and we didn't release because none of the theaters opened up. And it's like we can't afford to take a movie that cost us $200 million to make and put it into the five theaters you have open and, 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 and you know, hope for the best. Uh, you know, that's just it, it doesn't make any economic sense. So we're going to put it somewhere where we can get some money for it. You know, and they're trying real hard to grow the HBO Max brand, and so this is a way to do that: is to say, "Hey, you can come watch Wonder Woman 1984." Is that Hopefully. really a movie, or do you make? Yes, that up? no, that's a real movie. It's oh. a movie that's in the can and is supposed to be released in December on December 25th. Actually, it'll be Chris. It was going to be a. Uh, it was going to be released this year. It was supposed to be back in like June. And there was movie, uh, commercials for it, but none of the theaters opened up. And so they said, okay, fine, we're not going to release it because there's not enough theaters for us to make any money. And if we put it out in theaters right now, we're just going to you know, lose our money. We're going to lose our investment. And, um, and so they said we would rather wait and let our money stay in that investment until we can find a means of releasing that movie where we can make money. And so, um, uh, you know, they own HBO and HBO Max and all the, the, you know, they're a conglomerate. And so uh, it's Time Warner Media. And so they are going to do same day. So they will be in these six or seven theaters that are open in the country, as well as on HBO Max. And, uh, you know, um, is what it is. You know, now whether they choose to do a a uh, a bonus pay type of thing so you subscribe to HBO Max but you got to pay an extra 20 bucks to watch that particular movie or something sort of like what Disney Plus did with um Mulan, uh, Mulan. um you know they, that wasn't clear but i suspect that's going to be something like that so that they can get some money and people can watch the movies and you know um i paid the 20 bucks to watch Mulan and and i would do the same for some of these other movies not all of them um but they've published a list of which movies are going to be released in 2021 and their release dates. And you can go and look at them and say, okay, you know. So um, AMC, which of course is the world's biggest theater chain, uh, mm-hmm. they are they were blindsided by this. So apparently um, uh, Warner did not, Warner Brothers did not reach out to AMC and, and give them a heads up about what they were talking about, mm-hmm. what they were going to do. And, it's collusion. Um, They're not allowed to. Well, I, mean, I don't. I don't know if they actually can or can't. I'm just saying that. But no, you know, okay. there was that yeah. whole big uh, law that, like, the movie theater, the, the movie production companies are not allowed to own the theaters anymore. No, they're, no, no, they're no, that's prevented. not my point. That's not my point. Oh, I know. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't tell them. I mean, if you have a partner that is mission critical, and and mm-hmm. for, since the since uh, movies have been coming out, the the theaters are mission critical to the yeah. studios, right? Yeah, they're they're important partners. You right. want to bring your partners along. Well, apparently, which is why the studios wanted to own them at one time. But yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, you're so, okay. um, But AMC, I gotta imagine, is is yeah, livid. 
They are. They're they're upset. They said that they will aggressively pursue economic terms that preserve our business. Mm -hmm. These coronavirus impacted times are uncharted waters for us, which is why AMC signed on to an HBO Max exception to customary practices for the film for one film only. That was Wonder Woman 1984 mm -hmm. uh, being released by Warner Brothers at Christmas. When the pandemic appears, it will be at his height at its height. Mm -hmm. However, and this is coming from um, uh, from AMC, of course. However, Warner now hopes to do this for all their 21, 2021 theatrical movies, despite the likelihood that with vaccines right around the corner, the theater business is expected to recover. Yeah, but as we just said about that whole vaccine things, I think that's malarkey. I don't think 2021 <laughs> is going to be significantly different than 2020 at this point. You know, Sorry, it'll start getting better, but it's I not... Yeah, those dang tickles. At least it's a tickle and not a pickle. But um, the uh, you know the the change is not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be um, uh, you know AMC is trying to say oh hey things are going to be better. Well, it might be, and they can always change their mind about how they're doing stuff. But they can't just keep sitting on their hands. I don't blame Warner at all for making this decision. Um, no, I mean, it's it's this pandemic has posed an existential threat to movie theaters and mm -hmm. and probably smaller production companies because they don't have the, the yeah. cash to be able to hold on. Um, these movies are very, very, very expensive to make. Mm -hmm. And all of your employees and everybody has to be paid rather, regardless of whether you have revenue coming in. And so I get it. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, I, I I honestly think that theater should have been in the streaming business a long time ago. You know? Yeah, yeah. The ones who should have been investing, if they really cared about this, would be the AMC and the um, the uh, Regal folks and the Cinemax folks, or the Cine. Uh, what is it? The Cine Cinemark. Cinemark. Thank you. Um, they're the ones who should have been investing in things like HBO and and Showtime and their own streaming services. They didn't do that. They weren't looking to the future. The production houses did. You know, the the movie producers. They're the ones who are looking to the future, saying we we need. You know, I see a different type of distribution on the on the horizon, and we need to look into that. And you know, the law bans them from owning theaters; it doesn't ban them from owning streaming. And they may change that at some point, but right now, it doesn't. And so, um, you know, I, I part of me—I mean, I feel bad for theaters because I love theaters, but you know, they made their own bed; they're lying in it. And I love going to the movies. Um, you know, and I think that when uh, it's deemed safe and they're open people will go back to the movies because they like the experience of just going out and sitting someplace else heaven knows we've all been sitting in our living rooms long enough staring at our tv watching whatever um exactly although i gotta say this holiday season there's been some incredible prices on new 4k hdr tvs i mean you can get you know 55 and 60 inch 4k tvs for for 300 dollars and and you can go all the way up to 75 inch TVs. I mean, that's wall o television for uh, for five or six hundred dollars. I mean, that's ginormous. Now, if you go over 75 inches, you get up to the 80 inch ones, then the price goes up over a thousand dollars real quickly. That seems to be the cutoff. But you can get a 75 a 75 inch TV for for five hundred dollars and change. You know. And if your TV is a few years old, then you probably have a 1080p. This would be 4K, so it's twice the resolution, uh, both vertically and horizontally. And more importantly, it has HDR. That's the high dynamic range, which means that you have 
uh, brighter brights and darker darks. So the things that you see in shadow on your TV that just look like black spots because you can't really see any um, definition in the dark spots suddenly become much more viewable. It's much more like human sight because you can see into the shadows better. You can see, and the highlights aren't washed out. You can see detail in the highlights. And that's what HDR brings to you. And, and the HDR is, to me, even more important than the 4K. Um, and it's just, it is, it's astounding the deals that are out there right now. So if you're stuck at home and you've got to watch that stuff there, you know, you might want more of a theater screen um, environment. You can you know, fairly cheaply get an amazing television. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's 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 uh, you know, it's one of those things that everybody says, "Well, I've got a perfectly good TV. What am I going to do with the TV I have now?" You know, it works. It's fine. It looks good. You know, why why would I want to change it? And if if you're happy with it, then don't change it. You know, then don't. But yeah, I'm happy with it. I mean, uh, yeah. But you know, when you next time you're at Sam's Club or um, you know, I, I, a lot of people aren't going out and shopping, but some people are buying their groceries at Sam's Club in bulk, so they don't have to do it very often. Just look at some of the televisions that are at, at Sam's Club or Costco uh, as you walk by, because they're all 4K HDR now, and it's it's they're stunning. They're stunning. I mean, it's you you see detail that that you just don't see on your 1080p TV, your HD TV at home. So. Now, does that make the movie better? Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, no. And for a lot of people, I would say rather than buy a new TV, maybe what you need is a, you know, uh, a little bit better sound system, a sound bar with a subwoofer. Makes the sound so much better and makes it, you know, makes the movies feel better, you know, to get that boom, the rumbling sound and stuff. Um, but but anyway, there's my tech tip for the week. If, you, if you're looking for something to... to to upgrade your home viewing experience, there are deals to be had. You know, and it's and I'm and I'm finding with myself as as you're talking about it. Is mm -hmm. it um, you know that I have a perfectly good television set. It's it's beautiful and mm -hmm. and it's you know forty nine inches or whatever, mm -hmm. and I don't need a new television set. And now I'm thinking, well, that's like a whole wall. That's like. That's yeah. like a, we have a theater in our house. Yeah, that's really what it is, is you can turn your, your viewing area, whether it be a living room or a den or whatever, into, um, you know, like a home theater. I mean, you know, you can cover most of a wall with a television now and do it without, you know, emptying out the savings account. Um, you know, and then and if you then add a, um, uh, a speaker system, I mean, they've got, you know, uh, Vizio has some nice... Uh, uh, 5.1 Dolby sound systems that are, you know, 100 bucks, 150 bucks. Um, and that's a sound bar under the TV with a subwoofer and two speakers that satellite speakers that sit behind you and they're wireless to the, to the main unit. So you don't have to run wires around your living room or anything. And then you get that sound behind you. And if you don't have one of those, it's, it's, it's amazing to be watching something like, like a Star Wars or, or, you know, some imagine some movie where they're walking through a forest and you hear the birds chirping and stuff and the sounds of the forest. And some of them are coming from behind you. You feel like you're in the forest. It really is an immersive That's... experience. Wow. You know, wow. and again, okay. it's not so... very expensive. It, it, you know, yeah, it's, it's, you, it's not, it's not going to kill you. The budget is yeah. not going to kill you. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we're going to have to leave people to ponder that because we are at the end of our show for today. Oh, my. The time flew after all that talking about the zoo. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, it's funny. As we've been talking, 
I've had the elephants up on my screen the whole time. I've been watching the elephants walk around. They were feeding them a minute ago, and so they're all they're all very active as they're going around and picking up uh, stuff. I guess that with the way they do it is they walk around the bucket. I can't see what they're throwing, but it looked like maybe corn cobs or something like that, or some sort of vegetable that, that's you know like a chunk. And they've been throwing them out onto the ground, and the elephants walk around and pick them up and put them in their mouth, you know, with their trunks. And so there's elephants walking around picking things up, and they're all eating. But, uh, you know, and they spread them around, which forces them to kind of graze a little bit as they're eating, which I guess is kind of their natural method of eating. It's interesting to watch. Anyway, well, go I'm to the zoo. The giraffe cam. And, uh, yes, and they're, you know, just lumbering around and chewing because that's what giraffes do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and they're I'm... cool to watch when they lumber. They, they lumber do. so so gracefully. So I just love them. Yeah. I just love them. So we'll so, leave everybody with the the thought of go go uh, go visit a zoo. Most of them, because their outdoor experiences are open, at least in some limited capacity. So, so check out your local zoos if you uh, have some time this weekend. Because why not? The animals would love to exactly. see you. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's all, all happening right. so at the I'm zoo. And I'm Todd Brinker. Thanks for joining us on Back from the Brink. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you.